Good morning. Welcome to the show. Sean Pittman here. And what a significant week uh, across the country. Um, not in the way that anything different is happening. I mean, if I talk about mass shootings, well, it seems to be happening every week. Uh, just a text of mall in Texas. So more and more of that. Uh, college graduations. Yes, that happens. We're in a place, Tallahassee. And the surrounding area where we've got multiple universities and colleges and man, graduation time is a like huge party in this area uh, with all the graduate, all the graduates and their parents and their families. And then, of course, today it's Mother's Day. All you mothers out there, we'll talk a little later uh, in the Pittman point, but just on the tip of the show, wanted to start with talking about the tip of our families and our communities and our just our everything. So happy Mother's Day to every mother out there, um, whether it's biological or not. Um, take, taking on a mother figure role is a big deal. And uh, it's a big deal for anybody who takes it on. So thank all of you and happy Mother's Day. Um, welcome to the show today. We had a huge guest in Tallahassee uh, this week, and her name is Marsha Fudge, y'all. She is the secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. She came here and came to Orange Avenue, y'all, and and she stood with uh, the director of our Housing Development Authority here in Leon County, and y'all know her as Brenda Williams, and she's uh, not only a consummate professional around here, y'all, she is a good, good friend. And I want to welcome her to the show. Brenda, how you doing? I'm doing great, great, great. Thank you for having me. Well, we are very happy to have you <laughs> and very happy <laughs> that you uh, are on the show. And wow, what an exciting, what an exciting thing. I mean, clearly you got a lot going on anyway. But then you get a call that that Secretary Fudge is coming to town and wants to come and and talk to you and talk to the community about your Orange Avenue project. Uh, t t tell me what that was like. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we got a call last Wednesday that uh, she was coming. And, um, you know, we've been on cloud nine every day and still are on cloud nine. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but uh, the house, all of the housing authorities funding comes from HUD. Yes, I'm aware. Every time. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our budget is about $29 million a year. And uh, for her to come to Tallahassee is just, well, let me put it this way. There are 3,000 housing authorities in the country. And for her to come to Tallahassee is a really, really big deal for us. 
Um, we've been we're excited about it. She had an opportunity to come here and see what we're doing uh, and show her that we're in sync with what she's trying to do in the nation as it pertains to affordable housing. Um, you know, we got, uh, you know, HUD asked uh, all of the housing authorities to uh, start, you know, to put together some kind of transition, you know, from public housing because, you know, it's just, you know, the, the public housing across the country is, is, is uh, in really bad shape because, um, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of money going into uh, redeveloping properties that have uh, existed out there for years without any real modernization. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, for us to be in a position where uh, she's coming to look at what we're doing and looking at how we are addressing the affordable housing uh, uh, in Tallahassee, you know, that's, that's, we're, we're just excited that yeah. she even came. <laughs> Well, and I want to talk more about, you know, her engagement, the department's engagement in the Orange Avenue project. I want to talk about that a little later. But before we go too much further, uh, Madam Executive Director, I wanted to make sure that people understand what Housing Authority is and what you are charged at doing. And I mean, listen, throughout your career, you've served housing authorities in New Orleans, New Jersey, St. Louis. and, And now we're lucky enough to have you here in Tallahassee. And, and listeners, this agency governs and manages public housing uh, here in Leon County, uh, including a revamp of the Southside Tallahassee's Orange Avenue apartments. Now, the, ho- the housing pro- uh, complex will soon become uh, a property for low to middle income families, seniors and people with disabilities. Uh, this mixed income housing development is, is being carried out in phases. And it represents a substantial investment in city's south side, which we talk about on this show quite a lot. Uh, And it's set to have a profound and and positive impact on the lives of of just, wow, so many residents. And and like other cities across the country, Tallahassee residents have have struggled to find quality available housing uh, with, you know, with the demand sort of outpacing the supply. That's happening everywhere. It's not just here. But we've got a, a leader that is taking the right steps to make sure that we can deal with this this supply and demand um, issue. I, I wondered, talk to us about the affordable housing crisis and how this area is impacted differently from other states you've worked in. Well, you know, we decided um, here at the Housing Authority about five years ago to redevelop the Orange Avenue property uh, for three reasons. Um, the first reason is because, you know, the residents were living in uh, conditions that they shouldn't have been. Uh, the property uh, was 50 years old, had not had any real modernization uh, in those 50 years. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, we would, a tenant would, would move out, we would go in and spruce it up and bring in the next tenant. Um, and, you know, all of the, the plumbing, the electrical, uh, the infrastructure, everything was just crumbling. So we had to do something. And then the second reason uh, we, we decided to uh, address uh, that particular site is because, you know, we at the Tallahassee Housing Authority want to do our part to address 
the affordable housing crisis. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I want to call it a crisis, but uh-huh. the affordable demand in, in the city of Tallahassee. Um, the last time we opened our waiting list, we had more than 9,000 applicants. Wow. So the need was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then uh, the third reason is because uh, Orange Avenue uh, is located in uh, a, a community that has not had any real economic development in years. So, you know, the economic development opportunities that are going to come to that uh, area, you know, once the property is, uh, you know, available to rent, it's just, it's just going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, so, so those, are the, yeah. those are the reasons why we decided to uh, redevelop that property to address those issues. Well, and I think it's an amazing decision, and I and I think you're, you know, and we'll talk about the money a little later. But 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 it sounds like you're going to get uh, what you came to get for the money that is being spent. I did want to elaborate a little bit. You know, F- Florida built hundreds of thousands of new rental units between the years, you know, twenty a decade, twenty twelve to twenty 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 two, but lost nearly two hundred seventy seven thousand units with monthly rents below a thousand dollars. All that according to um, this university that I don't care for very much, but their study, and that's that one in Gainesville uh, for anybody. I can't say their name. I just can't say it, but they have good studies. <laughs> anyway, housing housing is considered affordable, y'all, when it costs less than 30% of a family's gross income, but more than half of all Floridians, uh, Florida renters, are paying at least 30% of their income on rent. Uh, Brenda, are there contributing contributing factors unique to the Sunshine State that exacerbates affordable uh, affordable options? Yes, yes. Uh, the main reason is for years uh, the legislature uh, rated the affordable housing trust fund uh, that you know developers use to build affordable housing. It wasn't here until recently, over the last couple of years that, um, you know, the, the, the legislature has, you know, kind of, you know, stepped back and said, hands, hands off. Mm-hmm. But that's right, a right. Major, that was a major contribution to why people uh, were living, uh, you know, in units that they really couldn't afford. Wow. So but you're bringing up that the bill that, that pretty much made them guarantee they wouldn't rate it. <laughs> they wouldn't rate it anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was, you, listen, I, I think I know your thoughts on that bill, right? Uh, it, it was something mm-hmm. that needed to happen. Um, but I wonder, um, are there any additional or better housing strategies you believe would support um, the success of, of marking a, a turning point in, flo- in affordable housing? Or is this bill the turning point? Well, well from what I've observed in uh, other cities that have, uh, you know, a a decent amount of affordable housing is, you know, they have an an income stream. Uh, You know, if we had an income stream uh, in the city from the city or the county to uh, develop uh, affordable housing on a regular basis, that would certainly help. And it, it has been successful in other cities. What do you, we don't have that. Either. Yeah. What do you think about the, you know, the Senate president was pushing a, a, an initiative this year and got it passed. Um, 
I guess the Live Local Act. What are you? Yeah. What 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 is your impressions on that bill? Well, you know, I'm still I'm still analyzing the bill. Um, haven't really had an opportunity to dig down deep into it, but you know, from the surface, it may work in toward, uh, it may work in terms of uh, you know being able to develop more affordable housing. We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I wonder if the housing professionals will come together and perhaps, I mean, she's got one more year as a president, and I wonder if, you know, that second year will come with another bill that 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 maybe moves it further or or gets mm-hmm. it right in places where it might not be mm-hmm. where it might not be perfect. Um, yeah. So back to Orange Avenue Apartments, right? Uh, what are the? What, I mean, just because I know you know our listeners out there want to know and, and maybe we ought to tell them what what can you tell us about the amenities of the new development um any progress that's made so far and in, in, in the projected completion dates absolutely um phase one and two are under construction uh phase one well we, we started with the demolition of 200 units on 29 acres okay uh well we got half of those units demolished but we relocated, you know, 200 families. So um, the uh, first phase consists of 130 apartments. The second phase consists of 160 apartments for a total of 290 apartments for phase one and two. Um, We're about, uh, well, we started vertical construction. we're on schedule, we're moving forward. If anybody passed by, they can see it's progressing every day. Uh, we anticipate that phase one uh, will be completed the first by the first of the year in the spring of 2024. And phase two is due to be completed and ready for occupancy in the fall of 2024. Wow. The amen- some, yeah. the, some of the amenities um, for the project. I mean, the the minute th- th- this project is loaded with amenities. Yeah, and a lot more than they um, had, <laughs> right? Yes. First of all, it's a gated community. Okay. It'll have yeah. it'll have four entrances. Wow. It'll also have uh, it'll also have a walk up gate gates four walk up gates. Um, so it's going to be a very secure property. Um, it'll have uh, a, uh, a, a management office with uh, a, a fitness center, a, a computer center, uh, community rooms. Wow. Uh, we have we have a um, uh, laundry room for those for those families that don't have a washing room. Sure, all, sure. All, yeah, yeah. Although the the units themselves. We'll have washing dryer hookups. Yeah, that's. We have a courtyard. Yeah. Yeah, that's. that's we have a court. Huge improvement. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes, because they were hanging their. They were still hanging their clothes on clotheslines outside because they only the residents only had a, a washer hookup. Also, we're going to have a swimming pool, a grilling area, and a dog park, and then we will have a uh, a pond. Uh, you know, it's a stormwater pond, but it'll hold water year round. Okay. And it will be, uh, it'll have a walking trail and fitness trail around the pond. 
Okay, but there's no swimming in the pond, right? No, there's no swimming in the <laughs> pond, but we're going we're gonna to try to put some fish in there, though. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, and, and I want people to know the reason, other than the fact of everything you just mentioned, that's really upgrading uh, the livelihood of people, right? I mean, but y'all, this mm-hmm. is... This is 200 apartments going from 200 apartments to 500 apartments. Um, so it's not just it's not just doing the same thing. It's it's increasing uh, the amenities. It's increasing the way people live, bringing increase to how they live. But it's also housing more people. Um, that's significant. That's significant. I did want to talk to you about the money. Right. Um, mm-hmm. We know, obviously, you can't do this without a lot of money. And you talked about HUD being involved. I know they're involved some. Uh, American Rescue Plans involved some. Um, what was the cost of the pro- of the project? And talk to us about, you know, how you're how you're getting the funding to the to the place of completion. Well, the uh, the funding for the project comes from tax credit applications uh, that the submitted that the housing authority and our and our developer partners submitted to the state. So the first uh, and the second uh, phase uh, both equal eighty two million dollars. We are currently working on an application for the third phase. Uh, the applications are due in August. And uh, that particular phase is going to cost $30 million, and it is for a senior facility, 90 one-bedroom units for seniors. And all of the units will be uh, uh, low-income. The rent will be based on, uh, or on their income. 30% of their income is what they would pay towards their rent every month. So we're... We're, we're looking, uh, we have about a $5 million gap uh, that we have to fill with commitment before we submit our application to the state in August. So uh, we oh, went man, so to we got the, some work to do. Yes, we do. We went to the, we've gone before the uh, CRA uh, advisory uh, council and they approved uh, $1 million uh, this past Monday night. So at this point, um, you know, we're in discussions uh, with the city and the county, and uh, they seem amenable. Uh, so we're hoping that they're going to come through for us uh, so that we can fill the rest of the gap. Well, now, I- when the application is submitted, uh, this, is the, this, is, this is the thing. Once we submit our application in August, uh, then we have to go through a lottery process that the state has in place for uh, uh, shortlisting uh, applications for funding. So we would have to, when we submit our application, we are going to compete with uh, other medium-sized counties throughout the state. And normally there's uh, around 100 or so applications that are submitted for medium-sized counties. Uh, one, then the next step is that the the, uh, the state will then uh, conduct a lottery, and uh, depending on the amount of funding that's available, they'll create what's called a a, um, a shortlist of applicants based on the, the uh, 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 
a, ba- a short list of applicants based on the funding available. So okay. that process yeah. we have to go through. And then uh, if for some reason we don't get a good lottery number um, or, or, or an award in August, then uh, we have a second opportunity to apply uh, for funding in October. And it's somewhat less competitive than the, uh, the, the, the August round. So we feel pretty good that we should be able to hopefully, you know, we're crossing our fingers that, you know, we'll be able to uh, get, get it funded uh, this year. If not, then uh, next year we'll submit a new application again. Well, we appreciate you taking us through that. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about uh, local government? I mean, is local government involved in this? I mean, you are, I guess, representing the local government, but uh, and they fund your the housing authority. Um, Are they actively involved in raising the rest of this five million dollars? Yes, they are. Yeah, I've. Because I noticed them. Because I noticed a lot yeah. of them at that press conference you had with yeah. the U.S. <laughs> with with the secretary. I mean, I saw a lot of them standing there, and it, my first yeah, thought was, you know. "Well, are they helping us get that five million dollars, or this is just oh, yes, a picture are. opportunity?" <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, we, I, we, I'm, I'm halfway joking. Yeah. Well, we've had regular discussions with uh, all of them. You know, we've reached out to all of them. Uh, the city commissioners at the city and the county and you know we've asked them and we you know if they would support us and they've all seemed amenable to it so we're we I, I think they'll i think they'll come through well you seem to be postured nicely and i'll tell you i've i've watched you and you're serious about this it's not just a job for you um this is a passion for you and how lucky are we in our community to have somebody like you who uh, are willing to, to not just work nine to five for the paycheck, but to work that other five to midnight because you know there's purpose in your walk. And that purpose is, you know, helping the least of these uh, live the best lives they can live. Uh, not, you know, yeah. to... And, and, and so we applaud you for that and, and just are so thankful uh, to have you here. And and um, listen, keep up the great work and anything that we could ever do to promote what you're doing. Uh, let us know. We're happy to, to you come back or just give us something to talk about. And we will. But 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 congratulations. And I saw the pictures with you and the secretary, man. Y'all. Y'all like y'all could be related too, um, <laughs> but but congr- yeah. but congratulations though, really. We we okay, really applaud you. you. Thank you. All right, and thanks for coming on the show, listeners. Stay with us. Okay. By the way, listeners, that was Brenda Williams, our executive director of our housing authority. And if you see her, tell her she's doing a good job because she's because she is. Uh, and stay with us for a short Pittman point. Uh, well, about Mother's Day. Right after this. It's time for Pittman's Point on 96.1 Jams. Welcome back to the show. And yes, it's Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day, y'all. And I mean that in every capacity. Unfortunately, this weekend doesn't acknowledge that mothers aren't just the women that birthed us. Um, it doesn't do that enough. They are also women, y'all, who nurtured and loved us uh, as fiercely as if they were our own. 
to those who have carried children uh, in your hearts or in your wombs. Happy Mother's Day to you all. You are living testimony that motherhood isn't just biological. Uh, it's also a choice. Uh, the children that uh, you have helped raise have been forever shaped by you, and that matters. And it matters a lot. So please include yourself in today's celebrations. You're a mom too, and don't let anybody tell you different. We must also remember uh, that there are families out there uh, who simply won't be equipped to see this Mother's Day as a joyous occasion. Uh, and while I have no plans on raining on anybody's parade or the people who do, I do want to send a message of love and encouragement to those amongst us who now have a complicated relationship with the concept of motherhood. Uh, and that though, and that exists and it exists for various reasons. So happy Mother's Day to you as well. Also, happy Mother's Day to those who y'all who respect the bond between mother and child enough to know that it's just not for them. Right. Uh, I know women uh, like you and I'm speaking directly to you, uh, a woman who chooses not to be a mom. That's OK. And you get a lot of slack for choosing uh, to skip motherhood altogether. But I, I have to tell you, your choice is honest. And you owe us absolutely nothing. Enjoy your freedom without guilt today, even if that means you got to avoid certain people. Uh, keep prioritizing your peace, girlfriend. <laughs> Lastly, I couldn't end this without also mentioning all the good mothers I know, including my mother, Wilhelmina. Hey, Wilhelmina, happy Mother's Day. And my wife, Audra. I love you so much. And all the mothers I work with at Pittman Law Group, like Dana Dudley and Opal Williams uh, McKinney and ESP Media right here with the Sean Pittman Show, Jessica Lumpkin. Happy Mother's Day to you all as well. Uh, mothers out there, you are brave, you're patient, overly criticized and underappreciated superheroes. Uh, and you make the world go around and around and around. Thank you. Just doesn't seem like enough. I hope all of your children honor you with every fiber of their being. And if your child is far away, not with you, I hope you feel their presence and their spirit all around. You give the rest of us hope and deserve every bit of goodness coming your way today and, and um, actually always. So the Pitma point this week and today is thank you. It's just thank you. Sincerely, thank you. This has been the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven. This is the Sean Pittman Show on 96.1 Jams, Tallahassee's big station. We got this.